Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, Happy New Year, it's our New Year's show. Time to bid adieu to the year that gave 2020 hindsight a whole new meaning. We'll look back at 12 months that demanded a new portmanteau to describe it. Something like, dumpster fire shit show, clusterfuck omni shambles, heck of a bad year. Or something. Plus, Paula has written a special play to celebrate Tony Anita Hall's upcoming excursion on the high seas. All ashore who's going ashore, we're setting sail on Tony's dream cruise. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep the descending Times Square ball of our conversation falling on a straight line through this countdown to coherency. And now, please welcome the woman who blows a horn of confabulation and throws topical confetti into the air well before midnight... Paula Poundstone! Yay. Hey, guys! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ouch. Ouch. Welcome, Ouch. Paula. My sequins bra is cutting into my <laughs> ribcage. Um, so is mine. It's so nice to be with you guys. Adam, Tony, Bonnie, and Ken is with us. Happy New Year. Uh, and by hey, the way... Ken, Ken Lezebnik is with us. Missed you. And thanks to tonight's house band... Nobody, Matt Butterfield on oboe. Yeah. He's from Johnston, Rhode Island, and uh, they can barely fit an oboe into Rhode Island. It's a very small state. <laughs> it's a very small state, but uh, he's been on before. And I just want to say, as long as we're, we're New Year's, I just want to say I'm really grateful for all the nobodies during this pandemic who've stepped up and been our house bands from afar. Let's hear I it for them. We have the best listeners, and nobody's. I want you to know that throughout 2020, um, you know, people contacted us and said, "Can we be listeners?" And we said, "No." Um, yeah, yeah. We like you. Yeah, we really. It's kind of an it's exclusive about- club, and thank you for asking. But frankly, no. Um, yeah, so our new message for 2021 is: nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Don't tell your friends about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If you've been so, telling so your Paula, friends, so Paula, we made it. We did. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we, 
we're almost at 2021. I, I thought I thought maybe we could look back at this past year, given that this is our New Year's special. You know, Adam, everyone keeps bitching about the year 2020, which I've come to feel is kind of unfair to 2020. I so I because what? I took a look uh, back through my calendar today, and you know what? Uh-huh. It wasn't all bad. I, I'm going to give you some samples, okay? On on January first, okay. uh, for for many years now, I've I've worked in San Francisco on New Year's Eve, uh, telling my jokes to a large theater full of people. Um, but uh, that used to be a thing. Yeah, I remember. It was so quaint. Um, it's you know, it's so old school. But then uh, anyway, so on January 1st in my calendar, it said fly home from San Francisco. January 2nd, eye doctor appointment and dog beach. January 3rd, taekwondo. January 5th, interview, <laughs> kickboxing. January 6th, volunteer in nursing home and taekwondo. Uh, and uh, January, uh, oh, and also podcast production meeting. January 7th, taekwondo podcast. January 11th. Ping pong party, uh, and in, yeah. in parentheses it said we stood really close together. January sixteenth. <laughs> it's odd. It's odd that that would be a note in your calendar. Yeah, yeah, it was though. Jan- Jan- January sixteenth, eye doctor appointment. January seventeenth, uh, perform in Salt Lake City. January eighteenth, perform in Providence, Rhode Island. January twenty third. Huh. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me in Chicago. January twenty fourth, Cleveland. Ooh. January twenty fifth. Mount Vernon, Washington, January 31st, Portland, Oregon, February 1st, Milwaukee. Uh, 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 now, uh, March 13th. I'm just going to move ahead a little bit. Uh, March okay, 13th. Okay, well, I was enjoying that. Yeah, oh, was, uh, January and February were fantastic. Uh, uh, okay. We, we thought. Um, March 13th, move March performing dates into May. Walk the dogs. Do online ab workout. Attend squinting webinar. March 14th. (laughs) Move performance dates into June. Charity fundraiser show on Zoom. Do online butt busting workout. Walk the dogs. March 15th. Move performance dates into September. Charity fundraiser show on Zoom. Train dogs to stay and watch videos. March 16th, move performance dates into 2021. Try to stop watching MSNBC. Buy more Fritos. Google how to lure murder hornets. Close my eyes really tight. Open them and see if Trump is still president. Look for support group for Twitter addiction. So I think that's, uh, that's all the good parts, really. But you know what? As you can see... 2020 has been sorely misjudged. Uh, January and February, as far as we knew, were good. Uh huh. As far as we knew. Well, I think it was. We just didn't know how bad it was going to get. Well, I mean, obviously, in the course of uh, the spring and the summer, we we began to come to terms with the fact that. It really hadn't been so good for many of our citizens for a long time. But that aside, True. you know, that what I just read you from February and January was in a, in a bubble was pretty good. It turned out that Trump did know during that period and that the virus was up and running during that period. But we were uh-huh. blissfully ignorant and it was, it was <laughs> okay. and it made that Providence Rhode Island uh- show really good. 
I'm sure it did. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, there's <laughs> stuff to look forward to. There's a shiny new vaccine, and I feel like we've got a better year coming up just by default. So um, it's with that that I want to open things up and roll around the horn and find out what people have as New Year's plans. Or, and this is this is kind of a new wrinkle for the pandemic, because we don't have any plans for New Year's, if you want to tell us a story from New Year's gone by, that's fine too. We're just going to kick it around the horn. It's New Year's. Paula, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Uh, what's your New Year going to look like, or what did it once look like? <laughs> oh, you mean New Year's Eve? Like the, the ring- yeah, New Year's ringing Eve. in yeah. the new yeah. year? Oh. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I'm I mean. gonna dust. I, I that's I have so longed <laughs> to dust. For I, I never good. have any time to do chores anymore, um, and so yeah, I'm gonna okay. be watch the dust drop on uh, on December 31st. Yeah, when that dust mite comes down. So, is there any other New Year's story you want to tell us, or is it just a, we're yes. just gonna settle with uh, dust? Oh, all right. So years ago. Um, as I told you, I used to work San Francisco on New Year's. For many, many years, I did that. And uh, so one night when I still lived up there, I had an apartment up there on Hyde Street, which is one of the really hilly streets. And I drove a 65 Mustang. Um, and no, I didn't buy it in 65. And um, so, but a 65 Mustang, <laughs> it was a sports car in its day. But its day, even in the early 80s when I had that car, was long since passed. So it was a giant heavy piece of metal. And um, it was really hard to turn the wheel. And I'm just plain not a good driver. There it's been said. Um, I have a license, um, but there's a check mark on it and it says, see me. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was, That's unusual. Yeah. The uh, the instructor that, that let me get my license uh, put that on there. So, uh, all right. So I'm driving okay. up Hyde Street looking for a parking space, and it's virtually impossible to find a parking space there anyways, but I'm looking for a parking space. And I forget what I did exactly, but something, like not a good driver move. And the car behind me stopped and emptied like a fucking clown car, like, I don't know, eight eight kids got out of it. Like, I don't know, teenager, young adult guys. And one of them, they all surrounded my car. One of them uh, stood beside my window with, I think, just his hand in his jacket, but pretending anyways that he had a gun. He he might have, but I, I would I would doubt it. Wow. And uh, and uh, like I had somehow pissed them off like I was their rival gang member. And um, they were just standing there looking angry at me. And I think it was from something I did driving. And so, um, and I was too late to like lock the doors. I think at that point, if I had tried to lock the doors, it would have incited them. Uh, but instead, I rolled the window down just a little bit and said, I, I didn't do anything on purpose. I'm just a sucky driver. And uh, within seconds, <laughs> they all went away and got back in their car and like pulled around me really fast and laid a patch and went away. Happy New Year! <laughs> that was it. Wow. <laughs> Happy New Year! Wow. <laughs> and laid a patch. Yeah. That's that. That's uh. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe that's an expression all over the country, but I I associate it with where you grew up with with the with the Boston area, yeah. in Massachusetts. Oh, people lay patches, don't they? That was you, lay a pa- you lay a patch on the top. Yeah. You lay a patch we on the top. Pa- we were on the parking yeah. lot all night last night laying a patch and doing donuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, well, let's uh, let's head down from Boston down to, uh, I want to take it to Brooklyn, New York right now, because uh, we haven't had Ken to go around the horn for a long time. Ken Lezebnik from Brooklyn, New York. Great, great to have you here. It's yeah, wonderful Ken. to be here. It's wonderful Woo. to be here. And I have to confess, I'm actually not in Brooklyn. I came back to Los Angeles for the holidays. Um, but my story. What? Wait a minute. So sorry about Wait that. Wait a minute. I know. You're hooking out on <laughs> so, us. You misrepresented yourself. <laughs> so you haven't been on other shows and you've been in Los Angeles? <laughs> well, ju- just since Thanksgiving. And may I point out that what do you mean, since we do this. Since- that's weeks, Ken. We do this show every week. And you hadn't well, been here because you were in Brooklyn. And it turns out you were here the whole time. You know what, Ken Lezebnik? You can just take your paycheck and tear it into little bits. <laughs> I will do Absolutely. that. I will do that. I, I thought you were running a master's program. It turns out it's a master's of lies. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a true MFA program. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, well, Slacker Ken is here. Thank you, Ken. Well, Ken, as long as you're here, tell us a New Year's memory. Well, I will I will tell a, a story from New York. So to defend my New York cred, um, my favorite was the year in the late 90s when my family, Kate and the two boys and I, went to New York City for uh, Christmas and, and after, post-Christmas. And there was this enormous snowfall. I can remember we actually went to Times Square. This was the day before the big snowfall. And we got on the fringes of the big crowd watching the ball drop. And then the the next day, or perhaps on January 2nd, there was this enormous snowfall that shut the city down. And it uh, canceled all the flights. And the result was we had this free day, this day where the hotel put us up for an extra night. And we took the kids into Central Park, where the hills of Central Park, the little hills, were full of kids on pieces of cardboard sledding down the hills. And it just remains this beautiful memory of the quiet and how beautiful a city can be. So in contrast to Paul's story of urban blight, and <laughs> I, I, will, I will give you this story of a big city that worked well. Oh, oh that's, that's wonderful, nice. Ken. This is a cheery memory. And you know what? I'm going to I'm going to uh, pull a Dick Dick Cheney and appoint myself as next cuz I have a story that I guess will go with that because it's also a New York story. Um I uh, uh twice in my life I think I went to Times Square for New Year's Eve. I would never do it again, but when I was in my 20s, it just seemed like a good thing to do. And I think it was the second time that I did it. I was with a bunch of friends mostly from college. Um and uh, there were maybe six or seven of us, and we, what we I remember we were downtown at like at like at like 19th Street or something. We were walking out of this party and then going to walk the rest of the way to Times Square. And in the lobby of this apartment building that we were leaving was a miniature, uh, what do you call those things? Nativity scene, right? Yeah. And I remember this very clearly because the because uh, uh, Scott, kind of the scamp of our group, started messing with the nativity scene, you know, like poking it and picking up figurines. And Kristen, who was kind of more of a rules oriented person, you know, told him not to do that. And we left we left the apartment building, and we were about a half a block away when um, Scott revealed that he had he had the baby Jesus with him. And Kristen walked him back to the building <laughs> and made him go into the lobby and put the tiny little baby Jesus <laughs> back. And the nativity scene, and then we then we just started walking towards Times Square, and and we started noticing um, about five or six blocks away that like Scott was just not talking, and he was like the most talkative member of our group, but he was sullen and not talking, 
And uh, we, we finally, you know, we, we get like 10 blocks away. And we finally were like, Scott, what, what is this? Are you pouting? Why are you, why, why are you so closed mouth? And, and Scott looked at us and he opened his mouth and stuck out his tongue, and on it was the baby Jesus. <laughs> now that. <laughs> and that is my New Year's Eve memory. <laughs> that, is, and that is such a beautiful story. Um, I like it that you stopped before the part where Scott got some hideous infection uh, <laughs> from... Oh, yeah. You know, we, we all... And, and the story ends with, and we all sure miss him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a story with a message, which is don't lick the baby Jesus. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's been touched by so many people. <laughs> yeah. Licking Jesus is a no no. And, you know, in just about any religion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that 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 one fell flat. Um, um, hey! no, I just want to say when when Ken, uh, no Adam, when you mentioned um, going to Times yeah. Square for New Year's, uh, Tony was like, oh, like that was just the worst thing she had ever heard. Um, and it yet, is. she just booked a cruise uh, for <laughs> New Year's Eve on 2022 that goes to Times Square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Anita Hall, for those of you who don't know, uh, she's our, our our resident cruise director in that she goes directly to cruises at the most ill-advised times. Yeah, uh, she, she, that's all she does now is book cruises and then waits for them to be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, uh, short of ship, Tony Anita Hall, can you hear us out there on the waves? I can't. I can. <laughs> what's your What's your New Year's memory that you'd like to share with us? New well, Year's Eve memory. It's not on a ship, Paula. No. Um, it's probably a couple of years ago. I was with my brother and sister-in-law, and we were actually in uh, Disney World, and we were in Disney Springs at a Irish pub. And it was so fun just listening to Irish music and dancing and having a good time. And on the way home, I may have been a little tipsy and I inappropriately touched Buzz Lightyear. And that was great. On the way home? (laughs) On the way home. Like I saw, I have a, I've had a big crush on Buzz for a while and just... (laughs) I hope this was a model of Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) It was. It was. It was some. It was Tim Allen, but he isn't pressing charges. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we 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 have to unpack this a little bit. You have a crush on Buzz Lightyear? Yes, he's so cute. And also, uh, Chris Evans, who is my boyfriend, is playing (laughs) is voicing Buzz Lightyear (laughs) in the prequel called Lightyear, Captain America. Captain America is voicing Buzz, and that is so attractive and cute. That's to a me. double crush, yeah. What wow. a double crush! What drupal? And how crush. did you? You say you touched him inappropriately. Um, <laughs> I'm. I know this is ill-advised, but I'm going to dip in for a detail here. No, she I grabbed him. Did you? Did you no, cu- she grabbed you, him right in the plastic. <laughs> yeah, did you grab? Did, did you grab him? Caress him? Cup him? What did you do? I, yep. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> did all the above, I guess. Yep. Okay. Wow. You know, Tony, I, I usually retreat from Bonnie quickly, but I'm going to retreat from you pretty quickly right here. <laughs> and and ho, 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 we're heading up to the Simi Valley. Uh, you know what? Where... I just want to say one thing. I just want to say one thing. Okay. Tony, I'm so glad you didn't go after Mr. Potato Head because he was married. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Buzz Lightyear, at least he was single. Even drunk, you had some scruples. I really appreciate that. <laughs> That, that is very impressive, Tony. Thanks. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress. And yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress. And I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally. And everybody just piles on it. And it it's comfy. And yet, when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. 
That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... 
Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, she's leaving it there. All right, so let's head up to Simi Valley, where where lurks Paula's manager, our friend, our producer, Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns. Well, hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Year. Happy That's New Year, That's what I Captain. have to say. <laughs> We love you. You know, just hearing Tony, yeah, thank you. Just hearing Tony talk, I look back on a year of surprises from Tony Anita Hall, from (laughs) you know, grabbing Buzz Lightyear's crotch to what was that guy's name? Eddie Below Deck, whatever. Okay, I never said I grabbed anyone's crotch. Bonnie, so upset that we (laughs) said out loud that. She thought he wasn't that good on one season, and then she's got, like, the what in her new bedroom mirrors or something that she can <laughs> fool around with when somebody's in bed with her, and she subscribes oh, I don't to remember that. When was that revealed? You're making up stories now. No, you knew about the butt, Frida? It's just... She says, fuck now. It's just been a year of tiptoeing through the escalation of Tony Anita Hall's life. No, I think she says, fuck. I I don't remember ever hearing Tony say anything about mirrors. Where do you get that idea? Me neither. Or a butt, Frida. What's it? The air, Frida. No, Tony, what was the thing you told us about that's in your new place? That made us all sick to our stomachs. <laughs> okay, oh my God, for your you're bedroom. Up for your bedroom. I don't remember this at all, I, Bonnie. I don't no. either, Bonnie. But I do. I do think it's it's kind of inexcusable for you to be laying this on Tony when this was a year where we learned so many distasteful details about you. Bonnie, no way. I mean, we're, I'm not we're talking about pocket full of lube nipplegasm burns over there. I'm not the one. Okay, first of all, I'm not the one that brought up lubricant. But I'm not leaving this until Tony says, when we were talking about your new place, there was some kind of gadget you had, right, that did something. A nest where I controlled the temperature. That was a it? nest. Yeah, I think that, that was, was it. Yeah, it's a nest, It wasn't like, oh, oh it was God. like a vibrator that I was controlling. <laughs> you know, she just said vibrator. She just said <laughs> vibrator. Bonnie's be- oh, this is gaslighting. Bonnie You're gaslighting become- her, Burns. Bonnie has become like a seventh grade boy where no matter what gets said, she goes like, ooh, ooh. Ooh. Yeah, everything, everything listen, is somehow listen, a dick joke, even though like there was no reference. Like somebody could go, you know, okay. uh, you know, could you pass the salad? And Bonnie goes like, ooh, ooh, salad. So Bonnie, if we can if we can drop if we can drop the uh, the ten minutes of character assassination and get to your assignment. Okay, well, first of all, it's not character you, character assassination because I love her. But second of all, was okay. that all the nest did? Yes. Yes, it's all the nest does. It controls the temperature. That's it's, it. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, maybe I apologize. Bonnie, it's like it's like a, a Google product. It's not a sex toy. No, it's but not okay. A sex toy. This is an All Adam right. and Eve well, what commercial, if, Bonnie. What if it? Okay, what if it had teeny tiny vibrators inside that nest? Oh my God! Stop saying that. Why would you even say that? Okay. Oh my God! I'm so upset right now. Oh my God! Paula, help. <laughs> okay, I think where the I think I I think I can unravel this. I think where the confusion came in is that when Tony told us about her nest, she said I can push a button and it makes me hot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then Not it. Bonnie but, yes. Bonnie took it, you know, in she misunderstood. Fucking sex right. charged Bonnie over there. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. I think I had too much popcorn. <laughs> so please. Are you gonna get to a New Year's know. story at any point, Bonnie? <laughs> I don't know. Ooh. Okay. I'm telling my story. You had a bowl of popcorn. Wouldn't it be crazy if there was a vibrator in there? (laughs) Okay, don't ever say that again. Or it's the prize of the Cracker Jack box for single women over (laughs) forty. Okay, stop it. Stop. What in the world? We are so far off the rails. (laughs) I just want to assure everyone that I'm not worried at all about my career. (laughs) <laughs> to okay, safe hands. so this is my story about a really great New Year's Eve that I had, and I will preface Finally. it. <laughs> no, you're not going to preface anything, I, Bonnie. I knew Adam Felber was going to say, because that's happened over the whole year, about, no, you're not going to preface it, because you preface it and it's not even on the point. But I have to set the scene about why this was so great. Or maybe I don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When you preface it, how far back are you going to go? I think that's important. Okay. Well, okay. I'll just, I won't preface it. Okay. So, but I don't know how to do this without prefacing it. I had a lot of- Preface it for God's (laughs) sake, Bonnie. God damn it. God damn it. Okay, I had a lot of crap New Year's where I was like, you know, fell into the thing where you're supposed to spend New Year's with a bunch of people celebrating. And that was never very satisfying. Part of the reason might have been that I'd be saying to myself as I walked up the walk to wherever the party was, what kind of losers would be going to a party on New Year's Eve? So those were never that much. Bonnie's career as a life coach night. is really just starting to take off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, okay. Man. So here was like one of my most, I think it was probably like the greatest New Year I had, which was, this was before I had my daughter, and I wasn't that great about following rules. I had a dog. And it was always hard to find a place where, you know, you could run your dog around. So a girlfriend that I used to walk, we used to walk our dogs together. We lived by UCLA and we snuck into the UCLA track and it was probably, I don't know, 1030. There was like, it was a really crisp night, big moon. You could see the stars and we let the dogs run around the track. 
and you know, it was a little cold, so you could see your breath. And it was just so much fun. They went crazy. And then, you know, they had the like cushions out for pole vaulting and they jumped up on the cushions and we were all rolling around. We were the only ones there. It was a great night. Oh my gosh. What year was that? Because do you remember the story about the UCLA pole vaulter <laughs> who went over the an amazing oh, yeah. vault and then um, the, the pad on the other side gave way? And uh, they right. they got brain damage. Do you remember that story? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, something had don't. weakened the pads, apparently. Yeah, apparently the pads, I... a lot of the foam had come out of the pads. And groundskeepers, <laughs> like, we we don't know why. It's it's locked. No one can get in here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the sign that said no trespassing, where you could, like, squeeze through to enter <laughs> the track. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was a that was a comforting and wonderful memory of you being a New Year's Eve scofflaw, Bonnie. Although yeah. I have to say, I'm a, I was I was a little offended by it. Why? Because just imagine if that track had been made of dildos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm. I find that kind here, of offensive. I'm sitting here being offended <laughs> that I would like break the rules like that. You're, but you're honestly, offended. Before I had a, <laughs> no, before I had a kid. I did stuff like that. Did you? Wow. Did you? Well, I know that Paula really, wouldn't. So having she a kid really honest. straightened you out? Before that, you were what? It uh, did. You were jets or sharks? Which were you before that? Let's see. When you're a jet. Well, nah. I was still a jet. <laughs> no, I, I, I have stories like that too, Bonnie. And I and, and there's something you, thrilling about sneaking into places like that. You don't. But when you're... When you oh yeah, I snuck onto campuses. I snuck. I, I once, I once with a, with a couple of friends snuck into an abandoned hospital and accidentally got locked in in the middle of the night. Oh my god! <laughs> what the hell was the matter with you? I'll guys? tell that story god. at Halloween. Really? And then what happened? And then what happened? Scooby Doo found him. Anyway, Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy, Happy New, New Year! Year. You know? Da na 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 na. That's not the right song, right? No, I don't think so. Dang <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. You know, I, you know what? I think she's on something. I really do. I, I, I am. It's not popcorn either. Don't say it's popcorn. <laughs> something happened. Yeah, something big happened. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> You know, everybody, Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote, Ring out the old, ring in the new, ring happy bells across the snow. The year is going, let him go. Ring out the false, ring in the true, and imagine if it had a vibrator attached to it. Coming up, I'm not mentioning any names, but let's celebrate ringing out the false and welcoming in the true in 2021. That's wait, next wait when a we minute. return Adam Filma. on Nobody Listens to Paul. Adam yes? Filma, hold on just a minute. I just want to... I just want to say that I'm appalled at the uh, at the allegations that Bonnie Burns thrust onto Tony Anita Hall tonight, and I just want to I just want to s- speak in support of Tony Anita Hall, who simply has a device to turn on the thermostat in her house. That's absolutely true, Mrs. Culpepper. I'm glad that you. Uh, you showed up. A happy New Year to you. I know you've been uh, sheltering in place with Paula Poundstone. That hasn't been very pleasant. Oh, the only times I enjoyed myself was January and February when she was gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I, for one, am glad that you ca- you showed up to help clear Tony Anita Hall's good name. Oh my, I, I, my word! I can't believe the sorts of allegations that Barney Burns has been that uh, Barney Burns has taken time to make allegations about Tony Anita Hall. It just it offends me. It it it, it does. It offends me. Uh, Tony Tony Anita Hall, don't you truckle to Barney Burns? Don't you do it? Thank you. <laughs> Yes. Thank you, Mrs. And don't, and don't put up with her vile calumnies. A, it is a vile calumny that has been made uh, by Barney uh, Captain Crinkle Burns. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, and with that, uh, I want to say that uh, we're clearly never going to have the Google Nest as a sponsor, but otherwise things are great and we'll be... <laughs> And we'll be right back on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Thank you, house band Matt Butterfield, and a happy new year to you, Matt. Paula, um, I'm pretty excited about this. I understand you've written us a play to commemorate Tony Anita Hall's upcoming cruise. I have. Uh, you know, we, uh, as ensemble players, performed a Thanksgiving Day pageant, and I just really felt like we needed t- to, uh, you know, sharpen our skills, hone our acting skills. So I think oh, this absolutely. is just the, just the vehicle. Yeah, and, 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 you know, it needs to be said that our Thanksgiving pageant that you penned was a runaway success. Oh, yeah, I've had trouble uh, in the last week or so with people gathering outside my house. They're wearing masks, but I'm just concerned that they're not far enough apart. Just chanting, um, more more plays, more plays. <laughs> more audio playlets, more yeah. audio so, playlets, yeah. So Absolutely. I'm hoping that this satisfies them. Oh, I think it will. Uh, Just in case, you know, at the beginning of a lot of shows, you know, previously on. So previously on, uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Tony Anita Hull, of course, uh, took a miserable cruise at the very beginning of COVID times. There's no telling how many places she spread the uh, coronavirus to. Um, But her brother jumped ship and left her with her cousin and uh, her niece and ended up uh, crying at each other through the entire time. And Tony liked it so much that she booked a cruise for... (laughs) December of this year, which, of course, was canceled because there's a <laughs> pandemic on. But, but when, you know, she's now gone ahead and entered her name to be, uh, what, Tony, on another cruise, right? And I volunteered to go on a test cruise. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know, so, if they lower the price enough, she'll do anything. She, um, <laughs> she, she was uh, actually volunteered... Um, to go out in just flippers and floaties uh, with, <laughs> with a group of people. she said, as long people. as I'm near the boat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just in, uh, off in the Atlantic somewhere. Uh, that was fine with her, she said. She just, I, don't, I, I don't get the cruise thing with Tony. I really thought she got it out of her system on the first one that she went on. But every other day, she tells me about another cruise she signed up for. And of course, yeah. they keep being canceled. But she just more and more and more. Uh, and you're right. She so. says yes to everything. You know, would you, be, would you be willing to take a roommate? And she said yes. Would it be okay if that roommate was a dangerous new rhinovirus? She said yes. Yeah. Doesn't matter what the... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, then, so mm-hmm. nobody, the nobody listens to Paula Poundstone players now bring you Tony's Dream Cruise by Paula Poundstone. Tony Anita Hall drifts off to sleep thinking about a cruise. Adam, Paula, Bonnie, and Tony stand on the bridge of a large cruise ship. No one else is there. This cruise has been everything I hoped it would be. Thanks for coming, y'all. Do you think the ship's captain listens to the podcast? Do you think that's why he invited us up to the bridge? This view is amazing. (laughs) No, I don't think he listens to the show. I think when you introduced yourself as Captain Crinkle, he actually thought you were a captain. (laughs) Don't you think it's weird that he's not here and neither is any of the crew? Oh, no, 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 that's not weird. You see, these modern ships can actually be programmed. I worked on one once. You did not. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I I did. I don't think so. (laughs) Boy, it's good to get away, isn't it? Tony, how's your nice big room? It's awesome. And, and I'm sorry you guys got such small rooms. I just got perks because I booked so many cruises that got canceled. Could that be because they're floating Petri dishes and you booked them during a global <laughs> pandemic? Something like that? Man, I woke up last night to the sound of really loud crinkling. I, I knew she did it when she drove... I knew she did it when she eats, works, sits near a microphone, or talks on the phone, but I had no idea that Captain Crinkle crinkles in her sleep. That's exactly why I asked for a room on a different floor from her. Okay, that is so unfair. I'm two floors away from you. How do you know it's not somebody else? It was you, Bonnie. All the passengers were talking about it at the chocolate fountain at lunch. Hey, where's Ken? He told me he was going to meet us up here. Ken is always missing. He only shows up in the summer. He's like a mosquito. Uh, Land's not here either. Oh, his room's right beside Bonnie, so he's probably sleeping while he can. Honest to God, Tony... Ken, Lamb! Lamb, Ken, what's going on? Why are you guys just standing here? The ship has been taken over by MAGA pirates. They forced the captain and the crew into lifeboats, and they're on their way up here right now. Told you, Adam. You didn't tell me that. (laughs) You said the ship steers itself, and I knew it didn't steer itself. I didn't say that. I did not say that. The ship doesn't steer itself. We're going in circles and we might even run over the captain and crew. No, I'm fine. (laughs) Not you. The captain (laughs) of the ship. I think Tony and I can steer the ship. I mean, we watch below deck. What, that piece of shit reality show with Eddie Lucas? Don't say that. Don't say that. Look, look. I I can hear the MAGA pirates just outside the door. Paula, why don't you go out there and, and try to talk to them? Use your comedy. You know, uh, Laurel, Laura Ingalls Wilder said, a good laugh overcomes more difficulties and dissipates more dark clouds than any other one thing. I'm supposed to go do stand-up to MAGA pirates because Half Pint from Little House on the Prairie said that? No, I think it was the older girl who wrote the books. No, it was the younger girl. I've written a couple of books. 
Oh, God. I'd... Paula, you always said that people have more in common than they have differences. You go out there and find the laughs in the common ground. I used to believe that, but after what's happened in the last nine months, hell, the last four years, I don't know if I believe that anymore. Okay, I think you do, and if it goes well, I think I could, like, turn it into a thing where I could get you more bookings. It was half pint. You Googled it, didn't you? <laughs> Tony, I-, I need you at the helm. All right, I'll go. <sighs> Hi, it's just me, Paula Pounce. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to call for help on this ship to shoreline. <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie, can, can you come read the directions? No, shh. I just want to listen, see how she's doing. <laughs> If you wash off the syrups, they're going to want us all to wash off the syrups. Um, Bonnie? Bonnie, can you come help? No, wait. I, I, I just got to go out there and tell her one more thing. Paula, you're doing great. Try more crowd work. You know how you're known for your spontaneity. Work the crowd. Work the crowd. <laughs> okay. This guy right here with the big fucking gun. God damn it, Bonnie. Ah! Oh, oh, thank God. It was just a dream. This has been Tony's Dream Cruise, starring Paula Poundstone, Bonnie Burns, Tony Anita Hull, Ken Lezebnik, Land Romo, and yours truly, Adam Felber. <laughs> oh, that was something. <laughs> oh, that's, that, was, that was powerful. That was a powerful rendition. Absolutely, and it's only at a Poundstone Players production that you get to hear um, us being both the players and the audience. (laughs) (laughs) We love us! Our reviews are in! If you hear one play, if you hear just one play this year, hear ours, says we. New Year's. We, we have to entertain ourselves, uh, and, uh, and and I think we've really done that. Um, yeah. yeah, I. You know what? I'll tell you something. This is just a feeling that I have about, uh, you know, how 20, 2021 is going to. I hate to use round the corner because Trump said it so many times in his bullshit thing about the virus, but um, I really feel that if Sean Penn gets his hands on this. It's going to be a huge, it's going to sweep the nation and parts of Canada. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bring, it's going to bring theaters back. Oh, it is going to bring theater back. Oh my God. Can you imagine Bette Midler as Tony? <laughs> oh my God. I die. I die. Kind of the role, kind of the role she was born to play. Would, oh, she would love that. If the, oh my gosh. Oh, oh, wait a minute. And Cher as Bonnie Burns? Be, this is going to be no, so Cher popular. would be you. Cher would no. be you. No, Barbara no. Streisand would be me. What's the matter with you? I'm oh Barbara Streisand. I feel like Barbara Streisand could do a pretty good me. You, you know Barbara what? Streisand is you? Yeah. No. I don't really think I can do Cher. Oh, yeah. But wh- you know what? 
maybe Amy Klobuchar will get bored of uh, politics and will want to just do this play or a little something on the side. You know, maybe she'll still be a senator, but she'll want to get into acting as well. (laughs) She might, but not tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And on that, you know, T.S. Eliot wrote... For last year's words belong to last year's language, and next year's words await another voice. And to make an end is to make a beginning. And then he wrote, God damn it, Bonnie. More words to begin 2021 when we all come back. (laughs) Coming up, no good deed goes unpunished. We'll all have stories of charitable actions that went awry. That's coming up right after this. Cat of the Week is Clyde from Madison, New Jersey. And we're back. Hey, Paula Poundstone, good to see you. Happy New Year. Oh, to you too. Boy, this has been so much fun so far. It really far. has been. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think it bodes well for what we, you know, for the rest of the year. I mean, obviously we have a pattern of strong Januaries to begin with. That's right. We're on a streak of great Januarys compared to the rest of the year. Hey, speaking of the rest of the year or the new year coming, do you have any resolutions? I do. Um, my New Year's resolution is to um, to be more helpful. Uh, I mean, there's so much to be done, you know, um, and pulling both our country and the rest of the world out of the hole that we're in. It's like we had a giant giant party and now we've woken up and there's pizza rinds in in um in cups of flat beer and and broken glass <laughs> and trash yeah. everywhere and yep. so there's you don't have to look far to find something that you could do to be helpful so that's my new year's resolution is to be helpful in some way every day now, and you are a helpful person. I want to say that, like, I would say almost every time that you've been to a party at my house, um, it, when it gets to a certain hour, I know that I can find you in the kitchen because you've decided to start helping with the dishes. That's just how helpful you are. But what you apparently have never noticed is I also always wear a little backpack. Have you ever noticed the next day that there's some stuff missing? Well, you know, I, I think that I, I have noticed that, like, for every fork that you wash, there's a fork missing. Exactly. So that's that's yeah. why I'm making it a New Year's resolution. So so it's to be helpful without without taking recompense, if that's the right word, and I think it is. Um, uh, well, but you know another what? right word would be stealing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be. Um, so, you know, the truth is, no, my record of being helpful is, is a little bit spotty because sometimes I mean well and I just somehow don't pull it off. Like I remember one time um, I was skiing. I, where could I have even been skiing? I forget. I was skiing someplace. And, and you know, I, I'm not a good skier to begin with, but years go by in between ski trips for me. So I'm always at best rusty. Um, and at worst, uh-huh. I really kind of suck. But that doesn't stop my instinct to try to help people. So I was skiing one time, 
and I, I coming down the slopes, and there's a a mom and her kid, and the kid has fallen, and you know he might have been like I don't know five six, you know, and she's trying to get the skis back on him, and you know how hard that can be, you know. So I do this thing where I like pull up in front of them with sort of a flare, yeah. You know, uh, uh, so I sort of you know just come to a stop where I make snow fly when I stop, real dramatic and stuff, and I go, oh, you know, let me, let me help. And the lady's like, no, I think we got it. And I'm like, no, no, I'll help. And within minutes, I've fallen down. One of my skis, like, took off down the hill. Uh, I, I think she had the ski on the kid at one point, and I accidentally knocked it off. I, I just and, – and I remember the look on the kid's face, just like, you know, when will this stop? Uh, and by the time I was that far into it, I couldn't go like, yeah, you know what? I really suck at this. And I never should have offered to help, uh, uh, because it was just too humiliating at that point. You were committed. Yeah. I was very committed. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember that if I hadn't pulled up, like if they would have been back up on their skis and down the hill, probably in a matter of like two minutes. But as it was, it was like, you know, 10 minutes of rolling around in the snow, me falling over, me falling onto the kid, the lady losing her balance. It was just it was it was not helpful, as it turns out. (laughs) <laughs> well, Any, anybody helpful. else anybody else yeah, offered let's, let's help that up. didn't we've actually opened it up to um everybody here and all our listeners uh stories of uh how no good deed goes unpunished and once again i, I mean i i want to give them top billing because we don't get them very often all the way from fake brooklyn which we call los angeles <laughs> it's ken ken lezevnik <laughs> Oh dear! I was terrified you're going to call on me because I, I I I I'm trying to think of a good deed I did, which which is very hard for me which to. Which had come consequences. By. Okay. Which had consequences. No, I, I the the closest thing I can come is I um, last January when people were still able to well shoot film uh, in a normal way. Um, I thought I'd do this wonderful deed. There's this little restaurant in Bro- downtown Brooklyn uh, called Something Good that had fantastic chicken. And so for the wrap of our little film shoot for the MFA at LIU, I ordered like chicken from this restaurant. And what I failed to realize is I just didn't realize exactly how much chicken they would provide. So I ended up with this little sort of cast party of maybe 15 people and enough chicken to feed literally like 80 people. <laughs> and it was this <laughs> horrifying moment where I just realized I didn't know what to do with all this chicken. And um, so it was, it, was, I, it, was, it was just one of those horrifying things where I realized, well, please take it all home. And you know how that goes at parties. You say to people, oh, please take the food home. And nobody ever does. Right. Yeah. I mean, people, you yeah. always ask people to take food homes. You really don't want it in your refrigerator because, you know, it's just going to ultimately get thrown away. And um, and nobody ever takes food home. So this that's that's the most recent memory I have of something going horribly wrong. What well, I usually that, do when, when, when I go to when I go to a party and people say, please take some food home. I go, no, no, I couldn't. And then I just take other things. I always have that little backpack <laughs> yeah. on when I go to a party. And by, and by the way, Paula, um, I could use my Blu-ray remote back. I, 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 I can't imagine that it's any use to you anyway. 
Well, I like I like to have memories, you know. And as I told you, I, it's so easy for me to forget things. It's helpful to have a, you know, a visual, something I can hold in my hand to remember. So, yeah, but I if can't I watch had, DVDs. If I had your Blu-ray uh, remote, if I did, Adam, it would only be for the best of reasons. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's keep it moving then. Um. Over in Sherman Oaks, Tony Anita Hull, <laughs> tell us a story of a good deed going punished. Oh, gosh. Um, I always feel like I'm, this was in my younger days. Uh, I was the queen of being like, I'm going to tell you your boyfriend's cheating on you. Uh, wow. And it, that never goes well. Let's just put that <laughs> out there. <laughs> Never goes well at all. So, um, yeah, that's it. I don't want to get into oh, yeah. details because oh, I don't want to yeah. reveal names and things, but it yeah, doesn't that's, go that's well. one of the cardinal remember? rules of good storytelling. Don't give any details. Exactly. <laughs> that's what Ken taught me at Stevens. Tony, do, do, you remember, do, do you remember when you told Barb that her boyfriend was cheating on her and, and she said... Tearfully, she said, with who? And, and you said, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's not really a story about her boyfriend, Tony. No, that's, that's not. That's a story about you. <laughs> that's no. <laughs> and I bet that happened a lot. I can just say, I'll just say this. I did tell someone their boyfriend was cheating on them, and it ended up they fought all over New York City all night long and he ended up in the hospital and it just and they're all of them are still dear friends I don't know why but wow wow yeah so you you basically were the catalyst for somebody going to the hospital yes <laughs> well when you put it like that <laughs> yeah just want to make sure we know so, what we're talking about here did the conversation go like this, Tony? Barb, I don't know how to tell you this, but here are some nunchucks, and your boyfriend's cheating on you. Was it like that? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, Barb, you see, you see Rob over there, your boyfriend, the one who's currently moving a piano on a pulley? <laughs> <laughs> Here, here are some scissors, Barb. He's cheating on you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, let's swing our way up to the Simi Valley where Bonnie Burns is waiting to tell us a story. You know what? I don't think you... I don't have a story. I think I... You what? Number one. <laughs> I don't know that I'm so good. <laughs> you know... Number one, I consider the do-gooder stuff is what I do when you do do-gooder stuff, so I don't take commission on that. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. So you're the only acts of charity that you kind of do is agreeing not to take 10% when Paula does something good? <laughs> when okay, I, well, first of all, not to take 10% <laughs> when I do something for free, and by the way, it's 15%. Um, what? So it's like, it's, it's like those three kings managers were like, yeah, you know what? Give the baby Jesus that myrrh, but I get 10% of that. 
15. It's 15. That's an ancient. (laughs) Your frankincense envelope is a little light this week. (laughs) (laughs) But Bonnie, if I was really doing a do-gooder thing, I get no money at all. And and that, so you're. Right. So you consider yourself somehow righteous for not taking 15% of nothing? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. But he writes it okay, off on her taxes first too. Of all, <laughs> first of all, you're one of the most decent, honest, nicest per- people I've ever met, and I know that this sounds true. sappy, but hey, it's New Year's Eve. You, I was a producer before I met you. You really force me to step up to the best part of myself. You don't lie, nothing like that. And you do spend time doing a lot of things for free for for organizations that you really believe in. Things all have to get set up, liaison. I spend my time doing so since I don't get paid anything. Is anyone else losing Bonnie? Sorry, I'm not hearing a word of this. It's terrible because she's saying saying nice stuff about me, but she's purposely cutting out. At the moment, she started praising you for all your virtues. She started breaking up. Yeah. Tell me that was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what do I like about you? I I was breaking up. (laughs) Sorry, it's a bad connection. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's some... Thing. Um. <laughs> All right. Um, I was trying to think of a of a good story for for this, and, and it turns out there were a lot. But th- this one's kind of fun because it's seasonal. It was a holiday season back when Jeannie and I were living in Brooklyn, you know, uh, many years ago. And our friends Larry and Michaela really wanted to go away, but they had this dog that they'd had for maybe about eight months. And you know how I love dogs, Paula. Sure. And they asked if Jeannie and I would be willing to take care of Leo. The uh, Jack Russell Terrier, while they so that they could go home to visit Larry's parents, I think, for the holidays. And so we thought that would be it's an inconvenient thing, but we're, we're going to do that because that'd be a nice thing to do. And I love dogs. And, you know, Jeannie was had been in a TV show with a Jack Russell Terrier. So it was kind of on brand for her. You know, the, it was just like Wishbone. But um, so we get they come over with Leo. And the first thing they do is they throw a pile of old, dirty sweaters in the corner of our room and say, <laughs> Leo sometimes needs to gets agitated, and you, all you have to do is say, "Leo, go to your sweaters," and he'll go to his sweaters. And they demonstrated, and they told this cute little dog, "Leo, go to your sweaters." And sure enough, the dog kind of kind of went went and lay down in a pile of filthy sweaters that now was in our in our bedroom. And then they left with instructions of how to deal with Leo, and it got it became a progressively worse nightmare every day. The first night there, we tried to, Leo parked himself on the bed between me and Jeannie, which we had not invited him up into, and then he wouldn't move. And we were yelling, go to your sweaters, and he was just like, fuck you. I'm going to lie here and fart uncontrollably all night. And so somehow we managed to like leverage him off the bed, not with sweaters, but with a doggy treat. And we made it impossible for him to get back up. And he spent the whole night marching around our bed on the hardwood floor, his little nails just clacking, clacking, clacking. And literally the whole night. We we, we woke up having not gone to sleep the next morning. And that was every night with Leo. And then it gets worse because um, we took him for walks and it turned, I don't know, Paul, if you've ever encountered this, but have you ever encountered a racist dog? (laughs) Because... 
Suddenly, we were that asshole couple on the block that must have, you know, no friends of color because he, because every time, every time a person of color walked by, Leo went nuts and tried to kill them. <laughs> so now, now our Christmas season is walking a racist dog around the block uh, three times a day. And then my parents come and visit. My dad's really good with dogs. He was very ill at the time, but he, he, you know, he really wanted to meet a dog and he loved the idea of a dog in our house. And he went to pet Leo and Leo ripped up his hand. Oh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, 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 just just bit him hard, drew blood. We had to bandage up Dad and make sure that his tetanus shots were up to date. <laughs> so now, yeah, so uh, we ended up spending our Christmas terrorized uh, because we were we were we had been showing the Christmas spirit by by taking in our friend's dog. Wow, that is a great story. You know, I I do have to say one thing. When you said that he planted himself between you and Jeannie, and this created a difficulty. Isn't it Jack Russell Terry? It's a fairly small dog, isn't it? You could just, you really could just shake the sheet for a second and the dog's going to fly off the bed. I should say that he was a, you're you're not wrong, but he was a big bone Jack Russell. No, it was still a Jack Russell. Yeah, well, you'd have to see Leo. And, And he growled every time we tried to move him. Oh, oh, okay. Well, they do have teeth. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you said about the go to your sweaters thing, I was thinking, you know, um, they did the exact same thing with Tom Selleck and Hawaiian shirts. They used to say to him, <laughs> they used to say to him, go to your Hawaiian shirts, Tom. And he would go I, 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 do have to, I do have to say that like to this day, and it's, it's, oh, it's got to be 20 years later now, whenever Jeannie and I are, when one of us has kind of like, you know, gone off on a tangent that makes absolutely no sense, and it's really time for that person to stop talking. The other one will say, "That's okay. Just go to your sweaters." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, that's a nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice relationship thing. Tony, uh, beautiful story. Thank you. We opened this up to our listeners, though, too, didn't we? Yes, we did. We did indeed. We got a slew of answers, over 200 stories of wow. good deeds. Wow. No good deeds going unpunished. So it was hard to narrow uh, it we, down, but here we, we go. We love you, our nobodies. We love you. Thank you for that. So this is from Noel B. Murphy. Brought a truck load of food to a homeless shelter. When I got there, the guy said, what, more food? Couldn't you bring weed? <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Everybody talks yeah. about feeding the homeless, but there's other needs. Yeah. 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 Um, this is from Dwight Polite, I think. That's how oh you say Oh my gosh. Dwight what a Polite. Great name. Dwight Polite. Polite. Oh. Polite. But know. I'm gonna, polite. I like to think it I, is Dwight Polite. It's got to be Dwight so. Polite. Because that, that's, if it isn't, that, that's like, that's a superhero name, Dwight Polite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> totally right. So this is what Dwight wrote in. I don't put my soda cases on the checkout counter at the grocery store. Instead, I pick them up and let the cashier use a handheld scanner to scan them. I do this because I figure the cashier has to live a bunch of heavy crap all day, and maybe I'm helping speed things up. That seems to work usually, until the day I picked up a case of soda at the checkout and then promptly dropped it on the ground. The case burst (laughs) open. Soda cans rolled everywhere. At least one was spraying soda everywhere. All the baggers had to leave their stations to help clean up my mess (laughs) while I stood there dumbfounded. 
The next week ah. at the same store, I started to grab my soda at the checkout and the bagger remembered me. Please let me do that for you, he said in a panicked voice. <laughs> that was Dwight Polite. Dwight Polite, that was fantastic. Paula, that must have happened to you. That there's no, there, the odds are almost zero that given the amount of diet soda that you pick up in those little crates, you, has that ever happened to you in a store? Not, not in the store, but oh, I've had many fall. I used to, um, when I'd be getting, putting everybody in the van when my kids were little, um, you know, I always had a, a soda with me and I'd put it on the roof of the van and, um, and then I'd get everybody clicked in their car seats and all the crutches and all the bags and everything in the car and I'd get in, drive away and of course the soda would roll down the windshield uh, and the kids would be like, you left the soda on the roof of the car. <laughs> and then when you try to go pick it up, it's, it's, it's firing at you. You know, it's, it's spraying. Uh, so yeah. you have to sort of run around trying to avoid getting, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I saved them when I could. <laughs> Excellent. Continue, Tony. This is from David Patrick. I'm a high school teacher. Pretty much my whole career is trying to help people who just want me to die. <laughs> <laughs> that's so depressing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's uplifting, David. And I'm, and I'm sure that's much improved in the current in the current situation. You know what, David? It's going to be a good January. Don't you worry. But I would, if I were you, I would wear padding in March. <laughs> These are great. Um, yeah, let's have another one, Tone. Yeah, Jean Gray wrote in. So I was in the Hoboken train station. A blind man was maneuvering on the platform and either asked for help or I offered. In any case, I was so happy to help. Delighted, proud. My humanity filled the station with warmth <laughs> and distracted me from my mission. I walked the man into a pole. <laughs> the universe forgave me I saw the man twice again Once crossing the street in the city And again playing piano at the Chelsea Club I cut my distance Because it was the right thing to do <laughs> That's great So he was a musician too Playing the Chelsea Club That's pretty swanky um, This is from right. Beverly Moody are you ready? I used to give yeah. blood to the Red Cross, but I kept passing out. They politely told me that my A-plus blood wasn't that special to make up for their effort to keep me safe. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Beverly Moody. I've, do I've done that. I, was, I think I was in college, and I was giving blood for maybe the second or third time, and I got in a race with my friend Jim on the cot next to me. And uh, me and Jim were like pump, we were like whoever fills up that bag first wins. And so I, um, I, I, I just kept squeezing my fist, you know, harder and harder and faster and faster. And I beat him. And then they took the needle out because they were t taking blood from so many people. They didn't realize I'd filled up the bag in like 20 seconds. And I got up, started to walk towards the table with the juice and passed out. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, uh, you know, I never actually pass out, but I... But I often sort of swoon uh, when I give blood. And I always feel like, well, is it really helpful then? Because, you know, the amount of juice and cookies that I, I have to 
imbibe in order to leave. Sometimes they also have to, they also have to put a bag of blood back in me, and that just seems like, well, maybe I, you know what, you know, I'll just go. I'm a burden. I feel it. <laughs> leave a pint, take a pint. No, you know what? It's always worth it because not everybody needs that extra bag. And uh, if if you're like me and you've ever had a transfusion of juice and cookies, it's just not the same as the real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was worth a try, I guess. Hey, Tony, bring us home with one more story. One more story. Here we go. Uh, this is from Chris Brunetto. I was just a kid in New York when I got my first weekend job as a caddy at the local golf course. There were no carts, so I walked the course with a bag as big as me for a well-to-do somebody or other. At one point, he walked to the bushes and said, I have to look for my watch. Being my first attempt at servitude, I dropped the bag and ran over to help him. I met him in the tall grass and said, what does it look like? The rest of the group <laughs> fell out laughing behind me as the man quickly turned his back to me because he was peeing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've never heard that expression. I have I to look either. for my watch. Um, or or as as nobody's know, it would be more correctly said, I have to look for my horloge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to see a man about a horloge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were great. Nobody's. Thank you so much for supplying us with a, with a bunch of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those were fantastic. Thank you so much, Nobody's. All right. Now, Paula, uh, you know, we've got a whole new year coming up. I'm sure it's going to be a big year for the Poundstone product empire. Am I right? Oh, no question. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Adam, uh, I'm really enjoying making cameo video messages for people. Uh, you know, I make videos that, uh, you know, might say happy birthday to Janet, or I might sure. say, uh, you know, Wendy wants Valerie to know she's so glad you're her friend, or happy anniversary to mom and Jerry, uh, uh, or I'm not the only one in this house who knows how to use a vacuum, am I? Um, <laughs> any kind of... Uh, <laughs> Any any kind of nice uh, video like that, um, you can go to cameo.com slash p 33 and order one to be sent to your friend. Oh, that's so nice. And um, he, here's another fun thing you can do uh, during the January and February. Remember my um, Starburn Sports Simulcast with Jeff Cesario? Well, yes. ladies and gentlemen, the NFL playoffs are here. So keep your eye on the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Facebook page and on my Twitter account. That's at Adam Felber because uh, we're going to be covering at least one playoff game per week. Um, you watch on TV. You listen to us simulcasting the game. That sounds like fun. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you want to get in touch with us, um, there's, there's a way that you can do it. It's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And remember, if you're listening to our podcast right now, um, maybe consider hitting that subscribe button on your screen. What that means when you hit subscribe is that you will get our show downloaded every week and uh, you'll get notified when that show drops. And that is, by the way, all it means. It's absolutely free. There's no obligation, and nobody, no of our representatives will contact your home. 
Okay, that's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our house band, Matt Butterfield. Yay! Yay, Matt! Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Tony Nita Hall, and Ken Lazebnik. And by the way, everybody, Ken's brand new book, Buzzy and the Bull, which we talked about here on this very podcast, is available wherever fine books are sold. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo, who was a star standout in that play, I thought. Oh, he's fantastic. Transcription services for the show. Provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Ding da da ding ding da da ding ding da da ding ding da 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 um, wow. So that's yeah. it. So it's now it. it's time for Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone 2021. Oh, I am so excited that we made it through 2020 together. Look, we did it. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't have that many bruises. Um, yeah. No, it's a, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a challenging time, but you know, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. uh, podcast podcast taping nights have uh, lift me out of uh, uh, a depressive hellhole any any number of times. In fact, I'd say every week this year. Yeah. Every week since March, anyways. <laughs> yeah. That's, you you can't keep living in January and February. <laughs> no, no. You force. Uh, you know, it's it rolling, rolling, rolling. Well, Happy New Year's, you guys. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Starbanks Audio, a podcast network.